boom, there I am just with my housemates in the morning FaceTiming Lewis Capaldi and Nal Horan. This is Fat Chats with the lads. With your boys Baz, Pricey and Liam. Let's go. I'm just trying to do something fun every day. Never be afraid to go out and see the world. If you're not into NFTs, you miss now. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Welcome back, guys. Today on the potty, we're lucky enough to have Ash and Sass from the indie pop three-piece Dulcie. Growing up surrounded by music and full of talent, they've been able to carve out their own path within the music industry and develop a unique sound that has caught the ears of thousands. Whether they're playing at national touring festivals, hanging out backstage with some of the biggest names in the scene, or just having jams together in their backyard, they always move through life with such positivity, enthusiasm, and infectious incitement. So thanks for coming on, guys. Welcome, Thank guys. you for Hello. having us. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a good chat. Yes. So obviously you guys both had childhoods surrounded by music and constantly inspired by art from a pretty young age. You grew up down south and Ash was up here in Perth in isolated environments. Talk us through that and how that inspired your creativity growing up. All right. Hello. This is Sass. <laughs> I grew up down south in Denmark, WA, a small coastal town five hours south of Perth. There's probably about 6,000 residents there, I think. Maybe, I think it's growing over the years. It's pretty popular at the moment. But yeah, I grew up there with Tamika, the bass player of Dulcie. We've been best friends since we were young. Um, yeah, so I lived very close to Ocean Beach. Whoever has been there would know. And also out at Paris, um, my family are professional salmon fishermen. So we oh, spend, the yeah, spend the time down there five months of the year and fish for salmon and live on a shack at the beach, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, and then we moved up to Perth for Whopper. And that's where we met Ash. I grew up in Dampier, which is quite a small town as well. Um, but we had a really lovely music environment we were really encouraged to get involved in like school productions and choir and that kind of thing so that really got me into music from a young age and yeah I moved up to Perth and then I met Sass and Meeks at Whopper yep. later on. Awesome mm-hmm. so did you guys have like instruments <coughs> lying around the house when you were growing up and that's kind of what pushed you into it or your parents were already playing music? On the, my dad's side of the family is quite musical and they all play um, instruments and so we dad's a bass player in a band so we always had a guitar and a bass around but I actually started playing drums first when I was four. I think I got my first drum wow. kit. I know, yeah. so small. I, obviously not that good, but <clears throat> yeah. Started young. Started young and then I moved on to guitar because I loved the boy band Hanson, if anyone's heard of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, they inspired me to pick up the guitar. Sass has this picture at a house in Denmark and it's like a... a I think you drew it. I drew it. And it says Sassy and the Rockets. That and was, it, it looks was my like dream Dulcie. Band. It looks like like even the people that are drawn in the photo look like the people in the band. It's so yeah. strange. No way. It's really cool. It's like I manifested it from a, like when I was like seven. Yeah. <laughs> it's happened. No, no, yeah. It has. Yeah, it's crazy. Happened. Sassy and the Rockets. Sassy and the Rockets. Changed the name. Yeah. <laughs> um, when I was growing up, my mum actually decided to become a piano teacher because there was nobody in Dampier that did that so then she just started teaching me and my sister and that's kind of how I got into piano good job from mom. a young age so shout out to mum yeah amazing yeah and is your sister doing anything music or how, she can what? play like guitar piano kind of everything but she doesn't she just does it as a hobby yeah okay kind of thing yeah. and so what made you kind of pursue it more than than her if you were both growing up still surrounded by it equally yeah I don't know I just really fell in love with it and I really started to write songs when I was around nine and then I really liked doing that and kind of just stuck with it through school, got involved with all the choir stuff and the productions and carried on with it. And yeah, now here we are 
Me and Sass and Meeks in a band. Woohoo! Was there a certain age where you kind of decided to knuckle down? You're like, okay, this is kind of where I want to go in life? Or was it kind of a hobby until a later age? I personally, I always knew I wanted to have a career in music. I think it was when I was like 12. 12 was the age where I used to lock myself in my room for like three hours and just play guitar and try to learn everything and every anything. Yeah, so I think it was then where I knew, like, I don't want to do anything else besides playing music. Um, and then my sister and I used to um, play little gigs together and I would never sing solo. I mean, I'd never sing lead. I'd just be um, doing harmonies, which I think has really helped for this band because there's lots of harmonies involved. But, yeah, I always knew I wanted to be a musician. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah, I love that. I feel like I always treated music as a hobby growing up. And then when I left school, I went to uni for about four weeks before I really realised I didn't want to go doing a graphic design course. And then I kind of had the year off after that, after deferring. And I went to a gig. It was Little May and Morgan Bain. Who Morgan Bain's like a Perth musician. Yeah, yeah. And I remember I kind of just had that year to be like, let's just figure out what I enjoy doing and what I'm passionate about because I didn't really have a clue. And then, yeah, I saw Morgan's set and I just loved his songs and I just thought wow I'd love to get into playing gigs and writing songs again and doing it a bit more and then the next year I did like a, a certain music which led me to do the Whopper course was where I met Mix and Sass. Mm, I'm but so happy like, that yeah. you, you Yeah and even that. before going to Whopper I was like oh I should go to uni and I'd enrolled to do occupational therapy but then last minute I was like oh I'm gonna audition for Whopper and if I get in then I'll do that year. And if I hadn't have done that, I never would have met mm. the girls. And it's just crazy to think that one decision can just change so much. It is crazy. It's hey. really, really crazy. I know. One fart can change so oh, much. Yeah. All right. <laughs> this, is, this is where the fart story oh, comes no. in. <laughs> All right. We've been thinking, we've been this talking about this. This story has never been exposed to public before. <laughs> and we've been waiting for three years to... <laughs> <laughs> we've been waiting for three years to say this story and I think this is a perfect platform. Get ready, everyone. <laughs> when, when Ash and I, this is like the first week of Whopper, because there was probably about like 30 to 40 people in our class. We were still trying to like see everyone and meet everyone. And What, what is Whopper? Just yeah. for people that don't Sorry. Know. Whopper is Western Australian Academy of Performing Arts, which is based in Mount Lawley in so Perth. So it's like university for people that don't yeah. know. Yeah, university for musicians, um, mm. dancers, actors. actors. It's, it's like a movie going there because you walk through the corridors and you hear like opera and yeah. <laughs> all kinds of things. Yeah. We did a course there, which is the Diploma of Music Artists, which is like a songwriting course. And, and um, I remember going to uni and I saw Meeks and Sass and I thought, they're so cool and I really want to be their friend. Yeah. And then I had to go and wreck it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so the story is, one day I went to the toilet <clears throat> and I was sitting on the toilet and then Ash walked in and I didn't know it was Ash. And, <laughs> and Ash <laughs> sat down next to me on the cubicle next to me and just let out the biggest fart I've ever heard. It wasn't a big <laughs> fart. It was like, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. When you sit down and one just slips out like and it's uh, like, oh no. And, oh, it was, <laughs> and I just sat in the toilet and I was like, oh no. Oh, I just, I'm going to wait like until they leave or I don't know. Yeah, she didn't know it was me. I didn't know it was her. It was but then to break the ice. It for a few seconds. Yeah, to break the ice, I was just like, oh, was that me? To make her think like... No oh. way. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then Ash was like, no, nah, I think that was me. And then we hopped up. We were like, oh, my God, you're in my class. And I was like, I'm Ash. And you're like, I'm Sass. And then we were like, do you want to go right? Because you've 
played some music on your piano like um, in the front of the class and then I was like I really liked her music and then from then on we just jammed and then we wrote heaps of Dulcie songs and yeah yeah so guys don't be afraid to fart in the public <laughs> yeah in a toilet because you never know where that will take you Lead to your best friends <laughs> It's a good networking. And yeah. now we're just so gross. <laughs> yeah, really Love shouldn't that. have broken that. Yeah. So how long were you guys at Whopper for? We were at Whopper for a year. I think we enrolled to do a two-year course, but then Dulcie started picking up. So we all dropped out. Um, mm. But we just got one diploma for music artists, but we were going to do advanced diploma. But yeah. Amazing. So what, what did the year look like? Obviously, it's a performing arts university. And mm. how did you, what's a I normal day like in the life of going to Whopper? Oh, it's so much fun. You, you say yeah, that. it was really fun. I think our course, it was very full on for a diploma, more than mm. I thought it would be. We were there like Monday to Friday and because it wasn't kind of a university degree, our course was kind of split up with all these massive breaks in the days. So, But it actually turned out to be so good for Dulcie because when we had a few hours free, we'd just go to a practice room and, and spend time writing together. And yeah, yeah. but the course was great because it was just like band work and then a songwriting workshop and vocal lessons yeah. and theory. <laughs> so it was just really everything and really hands-on. Everyone was so beautiful as well. Like just the environment of being in a place where everyone's so dedicated to be doing the same thing and have the same vision for themselves was like, yeah, super yeah. inspiring. It was like, oh my gosh, these are all these people I've been wanting to meet for so long. Literally. I didn't know they existed. Because growing up, like for me, my experience in Denmark, there wasn't many musicians and like I couldn't really, I don't know, get onto that level with many people and then to mm. be so young and so fresh with it and then like move to Perth and find so many people that you could just click with and play with and like experiment with sound and and so, so inspiring cool. I feel like I definitely drew a lot of inspiration from meeting all yeah. these people I was like oh my gosh we can we can do this like if we played a gig then everyone would go to that person's gig and we all kind of supported each other in it which yeah. was such a good way to start up getting into the music industry yeah. yeah so you found like being surrounded by all those artists especially at WAPA a huge positive effect to you guys yeah incredible like a huge effect and we still play gigs with those people to this day like yeah you kind of just are all in the same environment and just helping each other yeah go on the way up which is really cool yeah like we we were pretty lucky with our first show ever um some of the boys from great gable um were at whopper as well and that's how we kind of met them through all the whopper friends and um, yeah, and then one day they were like, all right, we've heard you started a band. We're playing a headline show. We want you to be the main support. It's in four weeks. We've never played a show before and then they just trusted yeah. us and we played our first show with them and then I think that's what made us just like, I don't know. We just started playing heaps of yeah. shows after that. Like we just – and networking with people at gigs. We'd just meet heaps of people and then – and the other support acts and then kind of jump on their shows and they jump on our shows and – Yeah. So going yeah. back a little bit, how did Dulcie start during that year? That was obviously a big transition for you guys coming together. Oh, yeah. How did you meet the other members and what um, – Well, after me and Sass met <laughs> – <laughs> we we um went into a practice room and I think I played Sass one of the songs I had written and Sass just turned to me and was like, Do you wanna start a band? Yeah. And I was like, Yeah, let's do that. I'd love to start a band and that was just so exciting to me. And then I think And then Meeks was Meeks is one of my best friends and then I was like, Oh Meeks, Meeks has to join. Meeks this. has to be in the band. And then she'd never played bass before and we were just like Meeks, do you want to be in this band? She was like, I don't know what to play. And we we're like, you can be the bass player. 
And she was like, yep. And she just committed and now she's playing bass. And she, she absolutely never, shreds. She never knew how to play it and now she's, yeah, so absolute good. shredder. Wow. After we got Meeks on board, I knew a girl called Maddie and she went to the same high school as me and she'd also started Whopper at same the same... Same school as Liam and I as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. Swamp Swamp yeah. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Maddie Hanley. Um, she wanted to get involved as well when I reached out to her and I actually played my first ever band gig like before Dulcie and I played it with Maddie through like a friend of a friend that she got her on board and so yeah that was really cool I remembered her from that gig and then we started jamming and just playing gigs with her and yeah that's kind of how it all started. Talk us through how uh, impactful the decision was to drop WAPA and chase Dulcie full-time mm. was that a hectic decision did it take a lot of decision making or was it, it all was right? it was really hectic I think we found out about halfway through 2018 we decided that we want to drop out in 2019 just because the band was picking up so much and we felt like we couldn't juggle the two it was either one or the other and I think we had like uh we got offered to go on tour yeah and it just didn't really work with going to Whopper as well so and I feel like th- what we had learned in 2018 was like everything we needed to know to be able to go on tour and to, I don't know, fulfill our... Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And I feel like I've learned so much more from actually doing it and like getting out there and playing gigs than I feel like WAPA was such a good place to kind of start learning and then actually putting it into practice was after that. Yeah. And you learn a lot from just doing it. Mm. How was the reaction from your parents and friends in terms of uh, dropping uni and, and chasing this kind of full time? My mum and dad were so on board with it. They were like, yeah, yeah you've, you've got the capability to do this. And I think like having that positive <clears throat> input from your parents and people that you love so much is, yeah, just helped us like yeah, excel in what we wanted to do. Yeah, been like that, very yeah. supportive. They have a group chat, all the mums, and it's called Proud Mummers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's and really, they that's just, adorable. They <laughs> surprised us in Wollongong, actually, at the Rad Bar oh, right. back in the day. Yeah, they all came <laughs> over, they flew over, but they've always been so supportive, which is great. How did you actually come up with the name Dulcie? Oh, well, Dulcie, just when we started the band, I was chatting to mum. We hadn't come up with a band name yet. And somehow it got brought up that I had this great grandmother. I had not really heard about her before. And she used to sing and like was really into music. And I had no idea. And her name was Dulcie. And I thought that is the most lovely name. I've not heard that name before, like an old name. Dulcie means sweetness or sweet sounding harmony in Latin. Yeah. yeah. When we looked it up, we were like, oh my God, that's perfect. Yeah, it just sounded really nice. And when I suggested it, we were all kind of like, oh, that's, I like that, Dulcie. And I feel like mm. it stuck. Yep. It's well, it has stuck. Yeah, <laughs> that's the name. It definitely has. Yeah. So obviously you dropped out and then you kind of went on tour from there and that year was just exploring, playing gigs, meeting mm-hmm. new people, networking. Yeah. What, what did that year or those last couple of years kind of look like with you just breaking into the industry? Yeah, it was very full on. Well, we released a song called Fall um, and we're yeah super happy with that song. That kind of broke us into it really Triple surprised J us too. We yeah. were like, oh, our friends will listen to it, you know. Yeah, and family. Then, like... We were so blown away by the amount of support on that song. Yeah. Yeah, it was so lovely. Um, yeah, so we released that song and that went really well. And then we had Triple J's um, support and they, like, yeah, helped us with a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Exposure. Exposure, yeah, exposure. yeah. They definitely helped us with exposure. Um, yeah, so we had a tour with Great Gable at the start of the year. And then we had another tour with Polish Club. Polish Club. So oh, they were, that was really fun. Yeah. And approachable members were on that tour as well, and they were just the absolute best. Yeah. And through meeting them on that tour, we wrote a song, what like backstage one night, 
Strangest they had this places. big grand piano at, I think it was in Canberra backstage. And we were just jamming around, having a, a play around. And we wrote this song and then we ended up putting it out. Like just whenever we met up in the same place, we'd work on it a bit more and then ended up being able to put out a song, yeah. which is so cool. I love that. That's Strangest amazing. places. It's crazy how it all it. snowballs just from one connection to the next. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that year we played um, GTM. And then the following year in 2019 at the start, we played um, Laneway. And then COVID hit and we had so many Bit plans. Bit of a hiatus. Yeah, so we've been pretty stagnant the past couple of years, but um, we're, we're coming back. Yes. How, were the, how were the festivals when they were, when they were on? Oh, my God. So I miss, fun. I miss that. Yeah, the That really opened up my eyes to be like, wow, like kind of thinking bigger, bigger picture of like what you want to do because that was mm. so much fun. Like I'd love to get on a festival yeah. tour or something like that. Yeah, Liam can vouch. Liam, Liam was there for all of yeah, it. Yeah, I was yes. lucky enough to get a AAA pass. Yeah, we'd, we'd hook Liam up and he'd I be there taking videos. And, yeah, I just always so remember dancing with you at the end of the night to Hermitude. Yeah. And oh. we were just like, I think that's the hardest I've ever a dance and we were going so, so much fun. hard that, that laneway was probably the top three nights of my life that yeah was so, so much, much fun. fun yeah when ocean alley played and went that's when we only just we're found in the out pit just having a boogie yeah we found out like oh yeah five days before laneway that we we're going on tour with them and then we were all up the front like watching them and we were like it was surreal i just remember looking over <laughs> <laughs> i remember just looking out of the crowd and being like music is just the absolute best it's just yeah so cool and to you guys see. were backstage just hanging with all these big worldwide artists how yeah, did that kind of yeah. feel that was pretty that was pretty benny crazy. and rule were there yeah i remember i remember at the after party going, when we were having a boogie with benny and rule yeah. We yeah just looking at each other like what is this i know yeah. and then i think the next day i went to work in the cafe and i was like whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> was that a dream or was that actually that <laughs> That's amazing. And obviously there's so many crazy stories. You guys have a... Yes. Ash has got a few crazy stories. <coughs> please <coughs> share. Please oh. share with us. <laughs> um, oh, my craziest story, probably the best night of my life, like one of my favourite memories ever was at Falls. And we weren't even playing this festival. I don't know how, but our manager managed to get us like AAA backstage passes, like all access. I don't even know how it happened. Yeah, I remember watching um, Lewis Capaldi's set at this concert and I was like, oh my gosh, this is the best. <laughs> I was in the mosh, like singing every word. I've got videos of it, me on someone's shoulders, like belting my heart out to someone you loved. And then after that, I went out to the side of stage to watch Matt Corby and Lewis was there and I was like, oh my gosh, that's Lewis Capaldi. Like, and I, I remember the first time I heard his song on the radio, like I'm a fan. And then, yeah, I said, hey, like, that was so good. Nice to meet you. And we kind of bumped into each other later on that night. And I, I, this night I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm in love with Lewis Capaldi. Like, <laughs> I have fallen hard. Cupid's arrow has hit me and this has got to happen. And, yeah, I feel like I told everyone that night, I was like, oh, Lewis Capaldi, like, I really need to talk to him again. <laughs> like, and everybody was wingmanning me. Like, our manager, like, everyone was like, yeah, Ash, go, go and talk to him. Him. and so yeah it was like nighttime by this point and I saw him he was like over near this drinks pit like drinks pit like an esky <laughs> <laughs> she's getting Choice flustered, words, yeah. getting a bit flustered. <laughs> anyway imagine was like Ash go over there go over there set yourself up go get a drink because he's over there and you could end up talking to him I was like oh, great idea great idea so I ran over there and I was looking around for a drink and there actually wasn't any left. And then out of nowhere, Lewis was like, 
oh, Ashley, because he's, he's Scottish. Scottish so yeah. I'm going to butcher this. He's like, Ashley, you want another drink? Here you go. Like, have one. And I was like, <laughs> and he Sorry. remembered your name. <laughs> yeah, he remembered me. That's and we so like, nice. Such a nice guy, real down to earth, lovely guy. And yeah, so I, I took the drink from him and that kind of got me into the conversation because our other friends from Death by Denim were playing at the festival and they were all having a chat with him. And then they started talking about like, how was his tour? And he was like, you Aussies are crazy. Like every place I've gone, someone's made me do a shoey. And so by this point, I just had this fresh drink in my hand and I looked down, I was like, oh, well, go on, like do a shoey out of my shoe. (laughs) You should do it right here. And then we were all like pressuring him. So then he ended up doing a shoey out of my shoe. And then later on, he ended up doing it out of my other shoe. And I still haven't washed those docks to this day. Yeah, it's pretty, they are the silkiest things, but I've never gone to wash them. That was a good old chat. And I remember running back and being like, oh my gosh, Lewis Capaldi just did a shoey out of my dock, Martin. This is crazy. And then later on after that, everyone was doing kick-ons at Mojo's. So we we all walked down and I was like to Lewis, I was like, are you coming out? He was like, yeah, I'll see you there. I was like, great. Anyway, we're walking in. I didn't think he was there. And I was like to, to one of the girls, I was like, oh, I don't think he's coming. Damn it. Like, oh, well, it's all good. And then he was like right there in front of me. And I was like, oh my gosh, hey, Lewis, how you going? Like, we really hit it off. Like, you know, when you meet someone, you just like gel really well. Um, so then we just started hanging out. He bought me a drink. We're having really good chats. I think I had definitely both had quite a a few drinks by this point. Um, But yeah, um, I remember rapping Gangster's Paradise to him. And (laughs) then we, he taught me an Irish dance. We had a dance. And then before I left, he kissed me goodbye. I got to kiss Lewis Capaldi. And it was so funny because I remember coming back that night and he was like, Ash, stay. And I was like, no, I have to go. I've got work in the morning. (laughs) And then I remember getting in the Uber and being like, oh my gosh, to the Uber driver, I just kissed Lewis Capaldi. (laughs) This is nuts. As his song comes on the radio. Yeah, Yeah, it was so funny. And then I remember getting back and you and Joel were at the house and I was like, freaking out. I I was like on another level. And we got it all out of her that night. (laughs) Way more details than she's provided. I don't even know. I remember actually getting it from Liam. I think from the next day, it was just a story. <laughs> story it was so fun. It was just like a scene out of a movie. Middle of the dance floor, all these crazy artists just walking around, and I was just in the middle of the dance floor, Mojo's kissing Lewis Capaldi, and yeah, good times. And there then after that, we kept in touch, like for, for like a year. Yeah, we we talked all the time. Like we still he keep sent in her touch. a Christmas present and everything. Like Besties. oh yeah, it was yeah. Really he's a really lovely guy. And yeah, I'm really like things like that. I'm like, that's just crazy that that happened. Yeah. But also people like that are just normal people. And yeah. he's just a really lovely down to earth person. Yeah. It's amazing. Baz is yeah. a huge fan of Lewis. He's, yeah. uh, he always watches the Massive. YouTube videos. I think he's Massive. just the funniest person ever. He's just I just love how he just stayed so true to himself. Yeah. Like oh, even yeah. I was watching him on the Graham Norton show. And he's oh with his so huge funny. Yeah, you like that one? He's and hilarious. He's like, yeah, next, sitting next to these huge names yeah. and nothing changes. No. And he's yeah, just so as funny. funny. Like, I remember watching him at Falls and then he dribbled into the camera. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> but, but yeah, for some reason that really worked for me. I was like, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Love that. And from that, weren't you on FaceTime with Lewis at some point? Oh, what yeah, we did do a FaceTime. Yeah. Yeah. And someone else snuck in that FaceTime. Yeah, who was that? Oh, yeah, that was crazy. This all happens like just before I go to work and then I'm, I'm in my job and I'm like, whoa. But yeah, we're FaceTiming Lewis I think it was on house party. This is when COVID was happening. Yeah. And you can kind of buzz people in. And 
yeah, I, I'd be wanting to like meet up with him on house party all the time. Like I'd see him pop in and I'd be like in the house. <laughs> <I'm there." laughs> and uh, yeah, so then he jumped in and then we were talking about how we just watched the One Direction documentary the night before and we we're like, oh, I love One Direction. He was like, oh, no way. Let me put in Niall Horan. So then he just <laughs> called in oh. Niall Horan to house party and boom, there I am just with my housemates in the morning FaceTiming Lewis Capaldi and Niall Horan. Boom. There I am, just with my housemates in the morning, FaceTiming Lewis Capaldi and Niall Horan. Like, that it doesn't was. sound real. <laughs> You're the main character. Yeah. <laughs> but nah. The other member of the band, Meeks, she's not here today because she's no. getting her wisdom oh, teeth out. She is, she is. She's currently in bed, probably sleeping. Um, yeah. Yeah. Shout we'll out face to FaceTime her after. We will FaceTime her after. But she's got some pretty crazy stories herself with she possibly does. one of the biggest artists in the world. Billie yeah. Eilish. Billie Eilish. Yeah, Do you guys want to talk about how that Yeah, when happened? we were at GTM, um, Billy was headlining that show. I think it was 2018, end of 2018. Yeah, well, I think it was 2019 because we would have been out of uni Oh, yeah, 2019, yeah. 2019. Meeks went to the toilet and then she heard someone come in and when she opened up the toilet, Billy Eilish was standing there at the mirror or something. Yeah, and Billy pulled this face at her. The, the face that Billy does. That, that tongue like... Uh. Yeah, yeah, the famous face of Billy Eilish. <laughs> And Meeks said she just Meeks, wet her it, pants. Meeks loves Billie Eilish. She is just the biggest fan too. I think yeah. she died. Yeah. She's super lucky to see Billie because Billie had like her own section that none of the other artists could even go to because she's that huge. She kind of just came in and she out. Just, she didn't really hang around. Yeah, it was right before her set. Um, so I think she just needed to quickly pop into the toilet, but it was the toilet where all the other artists were. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Meeks Crazy. got to meet Billy, which is and that a... night they almost used my keyboard, which oh, yeah, I their really keyboard wish they did had a spasm, and then they came. They're like, they "Can you use your Nord?" I was like, "Yes, like you can have it. <laughs> <laughs> Take it. I don't care." Yeah, <laughs> I know it's pretty crazy. Was that Phineas too? Yeah, Phineas, and I love Phineas. He's like my favorite, one of my mm. favorite writers. He's insane. It's so crazy how you look at an artist that's so big, and you're like, "Oh my god, they're just there," but. To them, like it's they're just, just themselves and they're just yeah. so normal and like just to have someone like be in awe of their presence is so crazy to me. Mm. Um, yeah, but it was really cool and I saw her in the car and that was cool just to be like. Has wow. that opened your eyes then to how normal people are being around oh, all these oh, massive people artists? People are so lovely. I feel like when you can kind of be a bit intimidated because they're so big, but meeting people like Lewis and like people yeah backstage at shows who you think are just you'd never meet them or you'd never be able to have a chat with them and they're just like you and I they just want to you know just be friends and have a good chat yeah it inspires you to just be more honest and like and open about how you are and like who you are as a person that's it's really hard because when the media portrays people so mm. differently mm. Uh, they can say something and then we formulate our opinions on that yeah yep. but then when you guys Take meet them you're context. like oh hang on like these yeah, guys are exactly. actually really cool. Like, it's pretty crazy how media can warp your like, yeah, your idea of someone just from one thing that they've said or a few things that they've said. Does it also seem after meeting all these crazy artists? Does it also kind of make the dream of making it to that level like more realistic? That now, totally. oh my god, right yeah. it, it feels like it's right at your fingertips. I mean, we've got a very long way to go, but like, yeah, it's hard. It's hard work, but. I, I believe in us. I and never like, thought we'd even get to... Yeah. I never would have thought we'd be able to play GTM or Laneway or yeah. anything. Like, I never even thought I'd get into WAPA. Like, yeah. yeah. It's so crazy to... I don't know. Sometimes you can kind of be like, oh, I wish we were getting this opportunity or like you have ambition so you kind of want to get somewhere. But And then you can get like a bit 
down or like if your song doesn't go how you think it will go or something like that yeah. you can be like oh I don't know if I'm I should keep doing this so like you know as a creative you can be like your harshest critic um but I feel like meeting those people and getting in to shows like that is just like wow you can do it if you just keep going and yeah. persisting with it yeah. and working hard so coming on the back of covid being a quite a stale era for music mm. and in the creative scene in general mm. what did that kind of look for you guys were you writing a lot of music what were you kind of what were you kind of doing yeah covid for us was pretty intense but i'm sure every musician and every person effect mm. was affected by covid um yeah that was a huge stale it was yeah. it was hard i found because we had heaps to look forward to that year yeah. and it was kind of like we just built up this momentum and we had mm. ocean alley tour coming up and just heaps of great opportunities and then it'll be like oh yeah maybe, you got maybe. oh maybe it'll happen and then a few weeks before it'll be like oh that's not happening yeah. and then it just was like we kept getting given these awesome things to look forward to and then they just kept like getting taken away so it was just a bit disheartening yeah. and it was hard to that, like a little bit yeah it was hard to like associate that with working because you'd be working but then these opportunities would pop up and you'd be like okay I'll book off work for that time pretty hectic and I think it's always hard to stay in that mindset when nothing's going quite as it I seems. I think especially from yeah. that year when we'd just released Fall and Own Ground and we had we were like gigging three times a week when we started and just yeah. like so involved and just like everything, every thought was about the band almost. Mm. We were consumed by it. And then when COVID hit, it was like Sass and Meeks went and stayed in Albany for a few months and yeah. I remember like crying. I was like, oh, I'm like, <laughs> so weird not seeing you guys. Yeah. I'm like, maybe I should come down and... But yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's strange how things work out because as much as it has really been hard to cancel those plans, it's given us heaps of time to rehearse right. and to write. And yeah, yeah, even though it's been kind of a different process because we haven't been in the same room all the time. But yeah, and now these new songs that we're doing, I feel like the sound has evolved and we've all yeah. kind of changed as people and like yeah. grown ourselves. Yeah. And so now like these opportunities that we were given few years ago coming back and I feel like we're more prepared for it yeah almost that's a great way to see it yeah, yeah way that's more amazing prepared. so what's coming what's next then what's the future we've got Ocean Alley Tour in yeah, yeah 2022 end of Jan. <laughs> yeah that goes for a month all of February we're going to Brisbane Adelaide New South Wales yeah just um, all around the place and then I think after that we have our own tour in the works hopefully after that Ooh, in April. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah. And I guess things are a bit still off in the air, but yeah. I feel like that's the plan. And heaps of new music around the corner. Heaps yeah. of new music. We're releasing something. Yeah, we've been, it's been really cool, this process of recording, because we've done it all in my living room. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, just right. at my house. And yeah. I guess in the past we were going for more of a band sound, so like drum, bass, guitar, and we didn't record anything that we couldn't really play with a live band. But now we've just really gotten into this new world of like in-ears and production. Mm. And so we kind of just sat around a laptop at my house and did a bit of tracking on our instruments, instruments. but then also just kind of spent time finding all these cool sounds. Yeah, and it's fun and it was so, so much fun. It was like a weight off your shoulders to be able to just sit at home in an environment that you feel comfortable with and just explore and experiment. Totally. Yeah, it just made the experience so much. That's like, yeah, it's going to be exciting playing those songs live. I think they're going to sound really big. So obviously that was a really hard period the last 
year and a half of, of being locked down in COVID and not being mm-hmm. able to do much and travel much. How did that, how do you kind of keep the motivation and ambition up in such a dry period? I think we've always been a good support to each other. So I feel yeah. like if someone's having a doubt or feeling a little bit like, oh, I don't know if this is right. I feel like we hustle around, hustle around each other. Is yeah. that the right word? Get around so. each other and just kind of, you know, build each other up. And I think that we've always been really good at that. Yeah. And just, sure. I don't know, I feel like always talking about about how you're feeling with your friends and family and like yeah we've been pretty open with like if someone's feeling upset and we can kind of like see that they are upset we'll have a chat about it and we'll just be like all right how do you feel about us like just be open with how you feel about us and stuff like that yeah we've definitely come a long way with communication that's so important to making it work yeah I think communication's the the one and only thing that will get you through hard times yeah um I think that surrounding yourself with creative people like getting back into going to gigs like we went to a spacey jane gig a yeah. few weeks ago at the quarry and it was just oh we saw you guys yeah um yeah and you guys were shooting it hey yeah we did take a couple snaps love that just in the creative industry together it's always been like that kind of hasn't it it has really it's a yeah. small world and it's yeah. cool how you bump into everyone at gigs and yeah. just see everyone yeah, yeah but just like i guess people like yourself and going to shows just surrounding yourself with people that are kind of doing like something really brave. It's like creative industries are not a stable thing. And I get like, honestly, all the time I'm like, oh, like, I don't know if I'm, if this is the right thing to be doing sometimes because it can be really hard to like, especially financially. I feel like what I struggle with personally is just like when, when you're so involved with something that you want to do for the rest of your life, but you're not making enough money to live off that just yet. It's really hard to like, just to find put you all into that and, yeah. and do you like work a yeah, job because well. I know like, I know I want to do Dulcie and I'm obviously going to put 100% into that always but it's really hard when definitely you, comes with its challenges yeah you need to work as well on top of that and then but you can't work on these dates because this is happening so you really need to like yeah buckle mm-hmm. down and just yeah uh, always and also having your own space I feel like COVID was a huge t- like amount of time for me personally to just sit back and go okay this is the space and time I need to work on myself and work on how I am in different environments and different relationships mm-hmm. um yeah and it's helped me a lot with yeah navigating yeah well, like and recently we had a bit of a break and I feel like that was so good for us because it was a bit like draining emotionally and creatively through that COVID time to you know have things not happen and be frustrated by that but when we took this step back and kind of like re-envisioned what we wanted the sound to be and got like new inspiration and like kind of rethought a lot of our brand kind of that kind of stuff and I feel like we've come back more motivated than ever like we're I feel like this is the most we've ever like been catching up and rehearsing and like all being so active on like ideas and stuff and I think that when one of when one person is like really passionate and motivated it's kind of contagious yeah it's infectious yeah it's a new boys should know hey like when one person is yeah we've been lucky enough to be living in this complex that we are here for the last little while and everyone doing the same thing on the same wavelength and ambitious as well has been super rewarding for us all so for everyone yeah. who doesn't know, the boys live opposite to each other and their houses are exactly the same. <laughs> They're just <laughs> a mirror image. A mirror image, like literally. Like parallel into a, universe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> literally. So funny. Yeah, here we are recording in Pricey's apartment today. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, Pricey. But it's exactly the Not same. Not Liam and Baz's. Yeah, it's exactly I, I the same. I feel like I am in Liam and Baz's right now. <laughs> Change up the scenery, but it's exactly the same house. Yeah, but I just Love think it. getting around like-minded people 
getting inspired, listening to music that you love and kind of figuring out why you like it. At the moment, I've been doing lots of Zoom sessions with different writers, which is a bit strange, but just meeting other writers is really cool. It's and good because it's going to op- open your opportunities to writing like bangers and bangers. Bangers. But yeah, Tunes. I really love that Tunes. side of music, like yeah. writing songs is really cool. So do you think you'd take more of the writing uh, behind Dolce's music? Yeah. We call Ash, this is how I see it, Ash is a songwriter. Yeah. Okay. More so than a musician. Oh, and yeah. Meeks and I are musicians <laughs> more so than songwriters. But mm. you know what I mean? I like, feel like when... I feel like at the moment, like, I'll bring a song to the band and then we all kind of work on it. So yeah. it is still collaborative. And yeah. Sass is also an amazing writer. Oh, thank you. And Meeks has amazing Just ideas. Just different genre. Like, I feel like the genre that I write is quite, quite different to what we're putting out with Dulcie. But, yeah, I love writing. Yeah. Can I get a bit of a time frame for how long a song from written to produce what's kind of the time frame was it kind of oh, depends. it can change so much and like even the process of writing a song like I think I wrote fall in like 15 minutes it just like kind of fell out of me it was just like obviously there was a lot of kind of work after it but the mm. basic song was just like so fast it just came out of nowhere and I really wish it could happen like that all the time that's what I think like it's songs so, yeah. songs need to be out when they just flow out of your body and you're just like whoa yeah, I didn't even like know I had that have, in I feel you. like that song was really personal and I was yeah. just like ready to pop that one out <laughs> but other songs can take months much longer like some people take years to write the one idea like <clears throat> the process from getting it from like you've written the song to recording can be like varied because if you have time booked into the studio and you've just written it you can just get it done really fast like I feel like the last song that you recorded came together so fast because yeah. I'd written this song which I liked, but then I wasn't too sure about like the verses and stuff. And then I did a Zoom call and wrote a different song. And then when I showed it to Sash, she was like, Sash, <laughs> Sash. Sash, yeah. You're like, oh, well, you could put the chorus of the other song you wrote into that chorus because I wasn't sure about the chorus in this new song. And then it just formed a whole song. Yeah. And I feel like that's happened a few times. It so has. it's good. Talk us through like writer's block or anything kind mm-hmm. of that impedes oh. your kind of creative flow? Is that something that you yeah. come into contact a fair bit? Definitely. I definitely come into contact with that. And it's so hard not to like put yourself down over it because it's something that I want to get better at. But like writer's block is literally, you're just like, I know I want to write a song, but why Why isn't anything coming out? And you're like, Sass, come on, you can do this. Let's just dedicate three hours. Just like mm. breathe through it. You, it's, um, it's quite hard. I, I struggle with writing songs a lot, but... Yeah, I feel like the way that I push through it is just like writing a lot of bad songs. Yeah, that's it. You kind of just got to write a lot of bad yeah. songs and then maybe one idea you're like, oh, I, I like, like that, that idea. Mm. And then you'll probably listen to it five times and be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. But what about, do you guys get writer's block with photography stuff or is that different? I think the best thing for us is changing up environment, which is pretty yeah. crucial really, whether that's you know, getting out of your hometown, going for a little trip somewhere or just mm. catching up with people that you don't usually catch up with and just being able to open your eyes to yep. new things for a little bit, which helps shift your That's perspective. That's so true because I found that with writing with different people I've never met, like you just Opens have different ideas. Mm. Yeah, it's good. Just going back before you said sometimes you have to write a lot of bad songs to get to a good song. Mm. For songwriters, new songwriters, Yeah. Is it better to spend a lot of time trying to perfect a song or... Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to say No, that's that. right. <laughs> or going through and writing a lot of songs and naturally getting better. I feel like... I think yeah, it's a healthy balance. Healthy balance, yeah. Like, definitely like striving for excellence but not letting perfection kind of 
be this looming thing that kind of actually ends up being a blockage. Yeah. Yeah, fully. I I just try to, when I'm writing, if I really love the chorus and I don't really like the verse, I'll just try to get it down as a song first. And then once it's a song, I'll take it to the girls. Even if I don't really like it, I'll take it to the girls and Ash might find something in it that she likes and that she can like change. Um, I think just like write as much as you can, whether you like it, whether you don't. And I feel like sometimes if you actually really can't, then it's almost best just to stop and yeah. just to go and do something else and yeah. come back to it. Otherwise, you can just start to spiral and like self-doubt, yeah. be like, oh, I'm so bad at this. I can't do this and like just get into this such a bad negative headspace. Yeah. It's almost better to be like, give it a go for maybe an hour. And if something comes to you, get a spark of inspiration, then just run with it. But if you're still at the piano for a after an hour and like you're just in a bad space I feel like nothing good can really come from that mindset because yeah. it's just like you're you've already kind of set yourself up yeah. for to blockage change to, your yeah. environment go for a walk yeah, yeah for a run, totally then come back out. to it or even with an idea like put that idea down if you've like stuck for a verse or something then come back to it in a week or something and you'll have yeah. something that comes to you I think everyone should just go for it um you'll never know what you're capable of until you just give it a shot yeah, I always remember we have we when we were in uni we had a vocals teacher called mm. Eddie, and one day she said to me, "If I want to do something, I just do it." And I, was, I don't know why it's always stuck with me. I felt like it was this really profound moment, even though it's just a really simple thing. Mm. Eddie was like, incredible. She really she inspired really me. Really inspired me as well. Shout like out to her Eddie. outlook on life, yep. and we can overthink things like, "Oh, maybe I won't go to do what I'm really passionate about because this is this like I should mm. do something more." traditional or something but if you want to do it and it makes you happy and Mm. it's what you're passionate about then just do it like life's too short not to exactly what you love and like pressure from family and stuff is a huge one like I know heaps of people that have like I've just got a mate recently who dropped out of like a two-year nursing course and he was kind of pressured by his family to like just maybe do something that's not music or maybe do something that's a bit more stable because you don't really know like yeah with music and stuff what's going to happen but yeah, he just figured out after two years, mm. like this is not, this isn't what I want to do. Like I'm only doing it because I just want, like a good tick from my family and my friends. And but he was like, I just want to play music. Yeah, that's all I want to do. And if he's happy, like that's yeah, great. We just yeah, we'll just like do it. I feel like it. another tip of advice that I've learned through my own life is getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah, because. Like That's a huge one. playing live and sharing music is can be really vulnerable and really scary. And I still get so nervous to this day. Like we just played a really small gig on Sunday and beforehand I was like mega nervous. <laughs> I was like, what's happening? I, Sometimes I'm cool. the smaller it's fine. ones we got can, this. Yeah, but I was really nervous. But I feel like when you get out of your comfort zone, it's where you really grow and you just do things that you didn't think you could actually do. And then like as the... like one step out of your comfort zone you can kind of get confident there then take another step yeah and then like you end up being so much further along than you ever thought you could be yeah wow that was great ash (laughs) wow that was great (laughs) inspirational quotes i've read liam's toilet door in mundaring Like whenever I went to Liam's house, his bathroom door had inspirational quotes all over it. The one that sticks to me is Thanks, like, Mum. Yeah. Shout out to Susan. Oh, I just stay on that toilet of like five minutes longer just to soak up the vibes. <laughs> I'm trying to remember it. If you focus on something, you'll capture it perfectly. Or something. Oh, that. wow. Oh. That is really good. Oh, that, this that is fantastic. Everyone wrapping it up. <laughs> <laughs> I think that 
a lot of the time we can let money kind of be a hindrance to wanting to pursue something because it kind of runs everything. You need money to live and to survive. Mm. And I guess when we started the band, money, we never really thought about money. It was like we did it for the love of it and we would just got so excited to be even playing shows. Like we, yeah. were, we were playing gigs for so little. I think I played a gig, this was out the band, and I got paid 50 cents. <laughs> that is crazy. I literally got paid 50 cents, but I was just happy to be there. It was cool. Oh, my gosh. Um, I feel like... <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's what matters, That's yeah, yeah, I don't know. Because we started it and we didn't have that in mind, like we didn't let that limit us, I feel like now further down the track like we're more conscious of money but also like it's not really been a big like focus on our minds no. and I feel like because we didn't start out to be like we have to make money and like this has to be really successful we kind of just started it with really like pure intentions yeah and now we are making more money and yeah so I feel like don't kind of focus on money otherwise you'll really lose track of the love for it and you really do need to love a creative passion to kind of let it you know let it be your life let it be your career yeah Yeah. that's amazing so yeah thanks so much for coming on guys you've obviously been a massive inspiration for so many people and it's been awesome for us trying to yeah what being able to watch your journey and see succeed in everything you do so thank you thanks for for having us we really appreciate it yeah it's been awesome. you too you too big fan of the podcast yeah huge fan shout out to this podcast yeah thanks guys for coming along it's been so good chatting and yeah keen to see where you guys go in this following year thank you thanks guys we'll be back